0: Whether we're talking about business, wellness, travel, or relationships, I've always thought age is just a number. Welcome to Ageless with me, Cynthia Riley, and my daughter, Kit Keenan.
1: So I have tried, obviously, meditation classes, but I've never really had a deep dive into breathwork, so I'm very excited for this episode. Yeah, me too. And I would love to jump right in and ask you how you first got interested in the wellness space and how you learned about breathwork.
2: First of all, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to share all about Breathwork. I think that by the end of this, as you're both creatives, you're going to be so obsessed with bringing these tools into your daily life. For me, it was honestly out of like sheer necessity and desperation. I had really started my career in the digital marketing space here in San Diego and was working at this startup company where... If you work at a startup, I mean, and Cynthia, you know, as well, it's like you're working 12 hour days sometimes and your whole life is dedicated to building this brand new, like little infant company. For me, being someone who's like very hardworking, very type A, I just went all the way in and was working insane hours. I literally wouldn't even leave my desk to go eat lunch. I would eat my lunch at my desk and be on calls all day. I think at one point I had like 120 clients. It was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. And I started developing migraines and had like clockwork migraines every other week. And I wasn't able to leave bed for like 48 hours. And I was 21 at the time. One of my girlfriends invited me to go take a yoga class with her. And I had always been someone who went to the gym. I would like do weightlifting with my girlfriends. And so yoga was like totally different, but it was kind of at the point I would say where Instagram was making wellness trendy. So I was like, why not? I'll go to a hot yoga class. I'll try this out. I remember laying on my mat at the end of class, just dripping in sweat, like drenched, like, oh my God, I need to make people feel as good as I feel right now. And that was kind of like that light bulb moment that struck my curiosity. And within about six months, I actually enrolled in a yoga teacher training. And one of the first evenings we did breathwork and meditation. And I remember having this like otherworldly experience where... I could feel like the state of my brain change. And I remember like skipping out of the class and calling my girlfriend and saying, oh my gosh, this was so amazing. Like, what is going on? And she was like, whoa, I can like really tell that that something's happened with you here. And that was really the beginning of my love story with not only breathwork and meditation, but the wellness space as well and from there I'm someone who dives right into anything that I'm passionate about so I started buying all of these books I started attending more trainings and throughout the course of the past 5 years just fell in love with the practices not only because I could see a difference in like my sleep or how I was able to manage my stress or the migraines going away but I also was able to access this like deep reserve of intuition and creativity and all of the, I would say, more spiritual and esoteric pieces of meditation that I hadn't necessarily known were there until I really devoted myself to the practice. So that's really where the love story started. And I mean, I feel like every single day I just fall more and more in love with these practices because I discover something new. And I think that that's what's so beautiful about having tools to get to know yourself and relate to the world around you. And that's really what they do.
1: For people who don't know anything about breathwork, can you talk about what breathwork is and maybe like one or two very simple beginner breathwork exercises?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So when I talk about breathwork, it's really conscious breathing techniques, right? I mean, we're breathing all the time. And the power really comes when we start to take control of our breath in a way that allows us to kind of hack the, not kind of, but like really hack the nervous system, which is responsible for everything from our reactions to how we release hormones in the body to our immune system. And so it's incredibly powerful and it really doesn't take a lot, you know? So when you say simple breathwork practices, those are my favorite breathwork practices. I think people really like like the fancy ones where you have these almost like psychedelic experiences. But for me, it's like the very simple breathing practices that actually allow our bodies to come into a relaxation response that make the biggest difference especially for those of us that live in big cities or work on our phones or i mean really the reality is that all of us are constantly inundated with stress whether it be an email or someone cutting us off when we're driving or an annoying remark that the mother-in-law makes like stress is always going to be a part of our lives and so conscious breathing techniques like what i teach are really a way for you to be able to master your stress so that you can ultimately create a life that you love. So one of my favorite practices, and this is so simple for everyone, and you can literally do it at any time when you're driving, when you're in the grocery store, if you're like talking to somebody and you don't like what they're saying (laughs) to calm yourself down, is just a simple equal ratio breath. So all of the breathwork practices that I teach are in and out of the nose. So you just breathe in your nose, down into your lower belly, for a count of five, then you hold at the top for a count of five, and then you exhale for a count of five, and then you start again. So it's just five, five, five. And what you're doing in the process of that like deep diaphragmatic breathing is actually activating the vagus nerve, which is this really beautiful, cool, almost like tree-like nerve that goes from the brainstem all the way down to the the belly and into the belly and it activates that parasympathetic response which is our relaxation response and that's what tells the body it's safe to start digesting it's safe to slow down i don't have to be releasing cortisol and adrenaline anymore i can release happy hormones like serotonin and dopamine which are a big part of our well-being and ability to connect to each other and so that five, five, five breath in and out of the nose. So again, inhaling for five, holding at the top for five, exhaling for five is literally the best conscious breath breath breathwork practice you could ever bring into your life because it does so much for your mental, emotional and physical state.
1: Everyone who's listening to this episode right now, pause it and do the five, five, five breath. I'm doing it right now. And then continue. But I wanted to ask you like, back to kind of how you use these exercises in your daily life. Are you doing them when something stressful comes up for you? Or is it more of like a daily practice, almost like morning routine or a workout or whatever? That's what I wanted to ask. Yeah.
2: um, Both because I am riddled with anxiety and overthinking and just like, I'm a Scorpio, so I'm very emotional and a lot of things will overwhelm me. So for like mental and emotional hygiene in the same way that you would go to the gym or stretch your body a few times a week or however many. Um, For me, it's been a couple months, to be honest. (laughs) But for me, breathwork and meditation, I do every day in the morning. If I have time in the afternoon and I notice myself like scrolling on Instagram or something, I'll like throw my phone across the room and be like, it's time to meditate. And so I'll do it in the afternoon as well, too. But then in stressful situations, yeah, absolutely. For example, if I'm, let's say if uh, like, I think it's stressful situations of the external, but also like internal stress stressful situations because there's so many stressful situations that we create in our minds and problems we create in our minds throughout the day based off of our thoughts. You know, our minds really can't tell the difference between what's real and what's not. And I notice more than anything, so many of my students are struggling with anxiety and how they relate to their thoughts and the world around them. And so it's like in those moments where maybe you're about to check your bank account and you have anxiety with like opening up the app or you get a bill or you run a social media account, your post didn't get as many likes or as much engagement, whatever it might be, you know, in those moments, noticing how your heart might start speeding up or you might feel that tightness in your chest or clenching of your jaw or your shoulders. Like your physical body is constantly speaking to you. So in those moments, that's where I bring that breathwork practice in of like, oh, let me remind my body that I'm safe here, that I'm safe in this situation. Because ultimately all of the stress responses is communicating to our entire body. It's not safe to be here. What the breath does is give you another alternative where you can on your
1: own create that safety. I'm interested also, I know you have an incredible and very unique life story like with your upbringing. And I'm wondering for anyone who doesn't know you, if you could dive into that a little bit and also talk about how breath work and meditation has helped you deal with I don't know, hard things in your life that have happened in the past even, I think that's something that a lot of times people talk about how breathwork and meditation helps them with like stressful situations in the moment. But I think it can also be so healing for past traumas. And I'm wondering if you can relate to that. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in
2: Agora Hills, Calabasas area, which is Northern LA County for anyone who doesn't know, or if I just say where the Kardashians live, that's where I grew up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so pretty affluent area. My mom had, been, had remarried her second husband, who was her high school sweetheart. And by the time I was 15 or 16 years old, she had decided to separate from him um, the relationship had a lot of mental abuse and verbal abuse. And, you know, that was surrounding myself and my little sister. And my mom, when we were, or when I was finally, I think a sophomore in high school, decided to stand up for herself, which I'm so, so proud of her for doing. However, my little sister has autism. And so my mom isn't able to work a full-time job. Since my sister has been born, she's always had to be there for her. And the most that she's been able to do is have a part-time job at the school that my sister worked at. So she could be really close to her and support her. And growing up in that area, working a part-time job in the school district is not enough to pay your bills. So within a few months of us Moving out of the home that we shared with my stepdad, my mom got her car repossessed. We were evicted from our home. Um, we had bounced back and forth from friends' houses to neighbors to family members, and for the better part of a year, maybe even a little bit more than that, we were considered homeless. We didn't have a stable roof over our heads. We, my mom, would go to the food bank every other weekend and pick up groceries for us, and it was really destabilizing. I'm incredibly grateful, of course, for that experience now because I have perspective and I know that everything that happened was for me and also positioned me to be able to do what I do today. And through an unraveling of everything that happened, I realized that there was so much, and I'm still unraveling it, so much trauma that came from that My hustle mentality of I need to be able to continue making more and more and more money or I might be homeless again, like part of that is something that was really big. And that's what created the burnout when I was in my corporate job. And even in the first few years of my business, a feeling of not being enough, of not being worthy, of not being supported, like all of those things get ingrained in our nervous systems as trauma. That trauma causes us to take unconscious behaviors and actions in our current life. And so if someone has something similar or whatever the trauma is that you've experienced, yes, when we do breathwork and meditation, what it does is create enough safety in our body so that we're able to process And sometimes processing doesn't even necessarily mean that the exact experience comes up and we see like a clear vision of what had happened. You know, for me, I know that I blacked out a lot of my teenage years and my childhood because of trauma. And that's a safety mechanism of our brains, right? So that we can cope and deal with our current reality. And when we do breathwork and meditation, sometimes those things will come up, and sometimes it's just stress releasing from our body. Yesterday, I had this crazy breathwork experience, and I've been practicing for years. Within ten seconds, I felt my body like convulsing, and this—I don't want to sound scary to anybody—and um, and it's not the breathwork practice that I shared with you just now, but I could feel stress moving from my body. And essentially what it was is all of the nerves in my body releasing trauma. So that happens when we meditate, it happens when we breathe, it happens in therapy. If we look at animals that get in fights, we see them shake afterwards, right? Or if you've ever, hopefully never have seen an animal get hit by a car, but if they survive, they'll shake their bodies and convulse before running off and moving away. And that's because they're, really good at releasing trauma from their body. So that's ultimately what breathwork can do for anybody that has had or experienced trauma in their past or is experiencing it now. Incredible. It really is.
0: I'm interested in learning more breathwork practices. If we can do it on the podcast, can we do it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So the thing that I want to preface about breathwork, and I think really like any tools that we have in in the wellness industry overall is that so much of it is medicine, right? So the breath, depending on where you're at, can be used in a way to energize you. It can be used in a way to calm you. And for anybody listening, I want to preface with notice how you feel right now. If you feel overactive or anxious or really stressed out, doing a more energizing practice like the one I'm about to teach is not going to be a good place for you to start. Instead, if you're feeling that, oh, okay, I just had a cup of coffee and I'm all over the place and my heart's beating a little fast and I got a deadline to hit, do a calming practice instead. (laughs) That's what your body needs. But let's say you're more on the lethargic end or you've experienced fatigue or even individuals that have bouts of depression. And more energizing practices can actually help them to move energy in their body. So one of my favorite practices is Kapalabhati, which is called Breath of Fire. And this breathwork practice is done with forceful exhales out of the nose and the inhales happen effortlessly. If you have cardiovascular disease or if you are pregnant, do not do this practice. But essentially what you'll be doing is exhaling out of the nose. And as you're exhaling, you pull the belly in towards the spine. So it's going to sound like this. So when I'm exhaling, I have my hand on my belly and my belly is pulling in towards the spine with every breath out. It kind of is like one of those like tapping your heads and rubbing your belly at the same time motion the first few times that you do it. And it's so funny because all of my students are like, oh, I hate this breath work practice. And then after like about a week or so of them doing it, they're like, this is my favorite thing on the entire planet. And in traditional yoga practice and in yogic tradition, it's a shot karma, which is a purification technique. So essentially what it is, is purifying your body, your mind, your energy, so that you have this really clean and clear channel. So I love doing this practice again, to boost energy in my body. If I have like a weird experience, let's say in the morning or the day before, and I'm like, oh, I'm just kind of like holding on to that conversation I had or that weird interaction I had. I'll do that practice and just imagine it leaving my body. And so it's such a powerful practice for just like clearing the slate so that when you move about the rest of your day, you're doing so from this really clear channel and kind of taking your power back from a lot of the ways in which we might be outsourcing our power or giving it away.
1: I'm really interested in this idea that it's an energy creator. Cause I think a lot of times, like we are so reliant on
0: energy substances.
1: Drinks, yeah. Like energy coffee. drinks or coffee or whatever it is. And I feel like it's so important to have other coping skills when you are feeling really just unproductive or like lethargic. And I think that it's kind of interesting because I feel like meditation and yoga, it kind of has this like slowness attached to it and like taking a moment to slow down. But in other ways, I think it is so good for, I guess refocusing in a way that could make you more productive.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I don't remember where I read this. I think it was during my meditation teacher training. My teacher, Johnny Pollard, who owns One Giant Mind, I believe is based out of New York, actually, he had shared that 20 minutes of meditation is more restful to your body and to your mind than 20 minutes of sleep. So if you are someone who hits the snooze in the morning, instead of hitting snooze, just like literally pushing your body up. So you're seated in bed and and, uh, hitting a timer for 10, 15, 20 minutes is going to bring more energy into your body than just hitting snooze and going back to sleep for a few minutes.
0: Wow! Wait, can you tell us? So for those 10 minutes that you're sitting up in your bed, what's happening?
2: What am I doing? Um, I mean, there's a million thoughts running through my head.
1: (laughs) Um, again, I have morning anxiety. So like, I totally get that. Like when I wake up in the morning, it's like, oh my gosh, I need to check my to-do list. And like immediately those thoughts start like rushing to my brain. So Yeah. I've been meditating for
2: like five or six years every single day, basically. And before that off and on, and I will tell you, I still have tons of thoughts in my head. I'm like, if I didn't have meditation, I don't even know how like I would be able to operate because (laughs) I'm already a little crazy with it. So when I'm, when I'm meditating in the morning, usually what I'll do is focus on that, that five breath in hold five breath out. And I'll do that for. However, long until I'm like, okay, I can just like return to a natural rhythm of breath. I don't need to control my breath anymore. And then from there, you know, my morning meditation is so sacred and just like creating a vibe. And I think that that's what's so cool about meditation is that it doesn't just have to be like, let me see how clear I can get my head to be and how little I can think. But why can't I actually use this container that I'm I'm creating for myself daily as a canvas to really step into the energy and embody how I want my day to go, how I want to feel, who I want to show up as. So my morning meditations usually start with gratitude. So I always come back to gratitude for my body, for my breath. And from there, I will visualize my future self. So I'll visualize Ava from a year from now. I'll see her in whatever fabulous outfit she's wearing. I'll see her glow and her radiance. And I'll just look at her and I'll ask myself, how does she feel? How does she feel? How does she feel about the work she's doing, the people that she's serving, her life, her day, and I'll invite in all of those feelings so that I can feel it now. And that's kind of part of manifestation, right? Is like how often we can feel the future right now versus keeping ourselves separate from it. And I find that doing that practice every morning of just really like awakening into your next level allows you to, for the rest of the day, show up as that person.
1: Yeah, I was I was going to ask you about how this all relates to manifestation. And I think that it's almost just a second to a few minutes a day to think about your future self And manifestation is, is about like embodying what you want for the future now. But I think that sometimes like if you make a vision board that you want to manifest, you know, living in a new city next year or whatever, but you're not taking the time daily, you just make the vision board and then you kind of like leave it to the side or whatever. And you're just like, it's not at the top of your mind. Mm -hmm. Then I think it kind of goes out the door. Whereas if you're practicing these few moments a day where you are allowing yourself to like manifest what you want for the future, I think it's just like, it's almost just like a daily practice of manifestation, which makes, I would assume makes manifestation more effective
2: totally well it's like practice makes perfect right and having a daily practice where you are sitting down and able to come into like the vision see it feel it taste it smell it like be a part of it watch it like The way that I always imagine it is like at the beginning of Cinderella, where her fairy godmother comes down and like all of the like sparkles go up around the pumpkin. And I just kind of like see that like in my eyes, behind my eyes, I'll like see that coming to life of like, oh, this like opportunity that I desire or this trip or this place that I want to live. So I make it like really fun and magical because why not? And The more that we do that, I think the more that it also opens us up to be more receptive to opportunities and people and even insight within our minds or within conversation that might be that light bulb moment of like, oh, wait. Ava said this, this, and this, and that's actually going to support me in getting closer to this manifestation. Or I was in the coffee shop and I heard somebody talking about their recent move from the city to this city. I'm going to talk to them because that's the city that I want to go to. And so I think that it opens us up to be more present to the potentials that are already around us. And then the other thing that I do do at the end of my practice is just ask like, what can I do today to get closer to this vision? Like, what is one step that I can take today? Because we don't need to know that entire how, but at least one thing. And I think what that does is develop a sense of self-trust and confidence that we already have the answers inside of us.
1: I love that because I think a lot of times like reaching a goal is just about chipping away at it day by day. And again, it's like a way to build self-confidence if you know I... I've been working this because I've been working on it for yeah. so long, you know?
0: Well, it also like, you don't have that feeling like, oh, I'm not getting anywhere. Oh, I don't have that, this like end goal. Mm-hmm. It has, but it it's giving you constant reinforcement that you're moving in the right direction.
1: Mm-hmm. I saw something, it was a journal prompt and it was about how, you know, there might be something that like, realities. It was the realities, then it was the feelings about those realities, and then it was action items. And I thought that was such a good way to format it because I think the reality could be that you have a lot of homework to do that day. The feelings about it might be that you're really stressed out about it. And then the action items could be like, oh, I want to meet with my advisor and cover like what I could be doing to get all of this done and how to time batch or manage my time better. And so I think that's like a good way to to break it up because especially for me, when I feel anxious about something, sometimes I let myself just like go into that anxious feeling rather than thinking about like what's actually here and what can I do about it. And having that separation, I think is like super important.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I've been working with a mentor recently. And one thing that she shared with me that I think is so powerful to combine with that is what is another perspective on this, or what is another way for me to look at this? So with the, I have so much homework and I'm feeling overwhelmed. Another perspective is I'm getting closer and closer to my goal of graduating. I'm getting closer and closer to my goal of being able to step into my dream job. I'm so close and just shifting the perspective as well too. So it doesn't even necessarily have to be that things that are ungratifying in our life are deemed as bad it's just you know it's neutral it's all based off of how we define it and the meaning that we give behind it and so i think that being able to shift your perspective is an incredibly powerful tool that really allows us to again just take control of the mind the mind is wild i was i was writing in my journal the other day, because my dog recently, she peed on my white rug and it's so annoying. And I was was like, you are 10 years old. Why are you doing this? But I was was writing in my journal and cracking up. I'm like, the mind is literally like a trained animal. If you do not train your mind, it's going to go piss on your rug and you're going to get so angry. (laughs) But if you do train it, then it's going to do what you want it to do. And I really just like full-heartedly believe that about the mind and have seen it in my life so many times.
0: Can you give an example of something that you really like turned around, like it was going haywire and through breathing or meditation or something like it just, you turned it around?
1: Yeah,
2: absolutely. I mean, I think my relationship with money has been like the biggest testimony for me, especially coming from my background. And then swinging so far on the other side of the pendulum where I was just like working like crazy, constantly reaching for the next goal and just realizing like there's never going to be an amount of money on a paycheck that's ever going to like make me truly happy. So I need to find what like true success looks like and what's underneath that. And through my breathwork and meditation practice, the first piece was awareness of like, Ooh, this is the relationship that I have with money. This is how I feel about it. I can tell how, again, going back to the bank account example, it's like, I can tell when I'm opening my bank account that this doesn't feel good. Or I remember when I was um, a broke college student, I used to go to the money tree and get payday advances to be able to pay for my like 400 or $500 rent because I was just so bad with money. I was able to peel back the layers of like, ooh, these are the ways that I relate to money. This is the action that I take around money. This is not how I want to be with money. And so now that I know that, how do I want to be? And what behaviors, what actions, what feelings align with this new way that I want to feel around money? I want to feel trusting. I want to have faith. I want to know that money is a resource for me and I'm going to be supported, but I don't have to put all of my time and energy into like... Obsessing over money. And so from there, it was okay, perfect. So anytime that a behavior comes up that doesn't align with that, I can quickly become aware of it and shift directions and choose something that's going to be more empowering for me and in greater alignment. So I think that the awareness piece is really where it all begins. And breathwork and meditation give you that. I love that.
0: Is it okay to say, to ask the question, like, how does this work with more traditional therapy or?
1: Yeah, like is there
0: is there a way to combine?
1: Yeah, I'm absolutely. Sure there is, but I think so- of it as kind of like there's a bunch of different tools in your toolbox. Like for me, I've been going to therapy for over a year now, and I feel like it's completely changed my life. And I don't think like for anyone listening, we're not saying oh you should just like do breath work and suddenly your you know mental issues will be cured but it's another tool in the toolbox to like create a more fulfilling life a more creative life a more productive life a more rich life yeah Yeah,
0: that's what I'm my question is really like you know how does this dovetail or how can you utilize these techniques in conjunction with traditional therapy
2: yeah, I mean I so my certification program, the Academy of Breath, certifies healers and coaches and teachers and therapists and teaches them breathwork and meditation and how they can use it and apply it to whatever their core offering might be. And we've had plenty of therapists go through. Not every therapist knows breathwork and meditation. So I think that seeking out somebody that uses these practices would definitely be beneficial. I am so grateful that my therapist does use breathwork and meditation in our sessions because... Sometimes traditional therapy on its own can be very mind-based and cognitive, which is super, super powerful. But part of breaking through the subconscious is understanding that trauma and our beliefs and a lot of those unconscious rulers of our behaviors and actions lives in the body. And when we use breathwork, we get into the body. So I think having somebody that does both the mind and the body approach is such a powerful way to make use of that expanded toolbox. And I've found that to be most helpful for me. I have a therapist, I've got a mentor, I do breathwork and meditation every day. I make sure that I'm in community with friends as well too. So I think there's no like one thing that is going to be the thing to heal every single one of your problems. But if you can tune in and ask like what feels most in alignment for me, like, where am I really being called to seek support? And just trusting that, you know, trusting that you already know where you're meant to be going.
1: I'm wondering what you think overall right now, what do you think the wellness industry is missing? Because Mm -hmm. I think like, obviously we've seen so much growth over the past few years. And I mean, like even on Instagram, I feel like there are so many, wellness accounts and influencers and i'm wondering what you think could be could be missing from this already very rich landscape
2: i definitely think that it's gotten better over this past year but one of the i guess qualms that i have with instagram and the wellness industry and social media and how you know a lot of these practices and a lot of just these lifestyles are portrayed is that it's a one size fits all approach. And I, you know, I shared earlier that breathwork is medicine, right? And so it is important with anything, whether it's skincare or supplements or hormonal health or fertility or mental health that we not take any single person or any single brand's word as gospel because we are all so different, like biologically different. So some things that work for me might not work for somebody else. you know. Meditation on its own for somebody who has struggled with PTSD or has really, really strong anxiety, sitting on their own in silence every single day is probably not going to be the best place for them to start. Doing it with a therapist and somebody who can hold space for them and guide them through the process and really be able to guide them through whatever is arising, that might be a better place to start. And so I just think that What I would love to see more of, whether it's in the wellness space or the spiritual space, is really just emphasizing individuality. And I think putting a little bit of like ego and pride aside to admit that influencers or brands don't know like the absolute best for every single person, they are speaking from what's best for them or from research as well.
1: Yeah, I think like customization is... Definitely the future, like in the wellness industry, I think even like when I first got into the wellness space on social media, it was all about veganism. Mm -hmm. And everyone was like, the vegan diet is going to make your skin glow and you're going to look amazing and you're going to feel so energized every day. And I remember I was like, oh my gosh, if this is, this is meant to help everyone in the same way. I should definitely try it. I became vegan for like a few months and I was like, this is terrible. I don't ever feel like, I always feel tired. I'm not putting in, and I'm like, I'm not saying that the vegan diet is bad, but I'm just saying like, it didn't work for me at the time. I just think like we have come so far from that time on social media when it was like, one size fits all. And I do think we're moving towards like understanding you can pick and choose from different accounts, from different brands, from different influencers and kind of build like what feels best for you. But yeah, I think like that has been a huge shift and I think we can like only grow from here and like be better about that online for sure.
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, I had the same experience with veganism. I was like, "Oh, I'm going to do it. It's going to heal my gut problems. I'm going to have better digestion. My skin's going to be gorgeous." And I think I lasted maybe like 72 hours and I was like, "Uh, uh-uh, this is not right for me." And I recently actually started working with a naturopathic doctor. She had shared that, you know, not every blood type is meant to be vegan and have a vegan diet. That there's actually blood types that will feel better and be more like well-nourished. I think that's not the exact words that she used with red meat in their diet. And I guess that's my blood type. And so bio-individuality, I think is just so, so important. And I mean- I know that it's not accessible to everybody, but especially when you get like blood work done and can really see like what's happening with your hormones, what's happening with your nutrients, with your blood cells, with your liver, like all of that. It's so interesting because then you can make decisions not based off of like what trending supplement everyone is loving, but like
1: what your body actually needs. Totally, totally. That's definitely something that I want to do is like, I've never had like a whole blood chart done or anything, but I think that would be so interesting to like learn about my hormones and like how my diet is affecting me and how my workout schedule is affecting me and all of that. But I'll have to get back to that. But one question (laughs) just to close out, one question we ask all of our guests on Ageless is what do you want to be when you grow up? And we would love to hear your thoughts on that.
2: I love this question so much. So I feel that recently I've been so just connected creatively to self-expression. And I don't even know what this title would be. Let's just say artist, not that I'm like great at anything. I would say I'm definitely more of a jack of all trades, but I love singing. I love writing lyrics. I love poetry. I love drawing. I just love being creative. So if there is a job position available where I can be creative and be at the beach all day, eating fresh fruit, that's, that's what I want to be when I grow up.
1: Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, <laughs> uh, we love that. Well, thank you so much. Tell yeah. everyone where they can find you and follow you and learn more.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This conversation was so much fun, and I hope that everyone listening has gotten at least like one little thing that you can do out of it. So my Instagram is
1: good. Yeah,
2: I, amazing five five even better.
1: It, that's so
0: it's so great. Just that alone <laughs> is the greatest tip.
2: Yes, yeah, I know. And and Cynthia, it's going to change your life. Both of you, it'll change your life. So my Instagram is at Ava Johanna, A-V-A-J-O-H-A-N-N-A. And my website is avajohanna.com. And if anyone has any questions about any breathwork techniques or meditation, please slide into my DMs. I love talking about this. I could literally talk for hours. And um, my goal, my big, big mission is to get breathwork and meditation into every single household on this planet. So if I can help you, please,
1: please hit me up.
0: Hope you guys love this episode and thanks so much to Ginny Media for our audio production.
1: All right. So I'm so happy that you guys got to listen to our stories today. As always, you can follow us on social media and keep up with our work and our crazy adventures. Then you can follow us on Instagram at Cynthia Rowley and at Kit Keenan. Thanks for listening.